Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 107, Freebie and the Bean from 1974. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Ford. If you think all new cars are the same, take a look at the new Fords. The closer you look, the better they look. Shout out Ford. Shout out Ford indeed. Well, welcome to Freebie and the Bean. We have a big week planned next week. We have a You Are My Lifespan, oh. and we have a The Getaway, which we've announced before. But we are talking about Freebie and the Bean today after the break. But first, Joe, extracurricular activities. I hope you have a less <laughs> eventful extracurricular activities today than you did on Tuesday. But please let me know. Yes. I'm home back in Connecticut. Today, I went and got some x-rays on my toe. I have a fracture in two places. Super cool. Super cool. Uh, It's not painful or anything, and they just said, like, tape it and wrap it together. I have to, like, go see, like, the same foot guy that I had to go see when I fucked up my foot at the pizza shop. Mm -hmm. Do you remember this? Yeah. Who, by the way, I told you this, right? His name is Tom Brady. I think I I I forgot that, but I think I do remember that at one point. Yeah, and it's going to take so much in me to not be like, I thought you were in Tampa. What are you doing here? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. all these kind of... I'm not going to make Tom Brady jokes at him. I'm sure he's heard it enough. Of course. Living here. No, we drove home pretty uneventful. You know what, though? I didn't mention it last time, and I was like listening to the intro of the last one. One cool extracurricular activity thing is because Rachel and I knew we were driving home, and, you know, uh, Pittsburgh to Connecticut's like about an eight-hour drive. Mm-hmm. We, we've developed this thing, like when we go on like these long road trips, we like to listen to book on tape, because yeah. Rachel likes to sleep in the car, but if we put on book on tape, she'll stay awake and listen to the thing, and I hate driving if she's sleeping. Because right. I start getting tired, and then it's really hard for me to, like, do the road trip. Before we left, she was like, you know what I want to listen to? How about we listen to The Shining? You know, we I've seen the movie, but n- I don't think ne- never all the way through. Like, Ooh, I know, well, like, okay. all the highlights of The Shining, right? Like, all of, like, Here's Johnny and, like, all mm-hmm. of these things. But, like, I, I don't think I had seen it, like, straight through in one sitting. And so we were listening to the book on tape of The Shining. And, by the way, have you ever, like, read the book or listen to it okay the book is fucking awesome well you know that stephen king hates the movie and like remade the shining in 1997 like because he thought that stanley kubrick like bastardized his book no like he's furious at stanley kubrick yeah yeah yeah. the stanley kubrick movie is very good but it's very stanley kubrick it's not so much the story of the shining it's a related story but he took a lot of liberties with it right well yeah yeah yeah. we probably got like 95 percent through the book between going there and back and then we came home last night we watched the shining like the whole way through we were like the whole premise is like completely different if you like if you watch the movie after you read or listen to the book it's a completely different story like he's conveying the story in a completely different way like the whole feeling is different i like the book and i like the movie but the book is excellent so so now you have two follow-up homework assignments i'm gonna be i'm gonna channel my inner brian high school summer party rodriguez there is a documentary called Room 237. I know, I've is... seen this. It was on something forever. It was like, I don't know, somewhere it was like linked forever. Go ahead. So it's, I don't know if it's good or not. It's interesting. So it's like what five it? crazy conspiracy theories about The Shining. And so it's like, because there's a theory that like Stanley Kubrick filmed the moon landing, right? Like, you know, that one that like people think that we didn't land on the moon, that Stanley just, Kubrick yeah. in, a, in a, a studio somewhere Yes. filmed that and directed that or whatever. I didn't know and it was so, Kubrick like, that did it, but that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, that, I mean, he didn't do it. I mean, we, I actually, know, went, yeah. we actually went to the moon, but yes. So from what I remember, I've only seen it once, but from what I remember, it's just five, it's kind of like 
the OJ thing that we talked about, 30, 30 for 30, where okay. it's not like talking heads. It's just like voiceover. It, actually, it's not like – it's terrible example. It's not like that. But there's no talking heads. It's just like video footage of The Shining, people talking over it. One person's talking about how like, well, look, like Danny is wearing a NASA sweater there. And the way that like this lines up, it's like, oh, this is okay. all clearly – some of it's kind of interesting. Some of it's kind of silly. Some of it's just like, you guys need to get a better, a different hobby. Like this is just crazy. But okay. there's like five different – I don't remember what they all are, but there's like five different conspiracy theories while it's all fresh in your brain if you want to throw it on i think it's interesting cool i also don't remember if it's in the dock or not but there's also which i've been i've been hoping someone would like bootleg and put online they have shown in theaters like i think maybe a fantastic fest one year they showed if you play the shining front to back and back to front laid on top of each other it's structured in a way that like scenes kind of interact with the mirror like it looks normal but you're putting every frame kind of in reverse right so like in the middle it's like exactly in the middle then it goes opposite yeah, but like yeah, there's start some beginning like... to end and end to beginning and you run yes. them overlapped yes wow and i think that might be in the dock but there's like a crazy like this works if you want to see it so i i haven't been able to see it but from my from what i've heard i think it's in that dock dude there has to be a version of this online this has to be like dark side of the rain w- w- weren't we just talking about dark side of the rainbow at some point too yes in this later in this fucking podcast which uh we have what we talked about sort of you know the breaking of time continuum justin Kleinman wrote in about that so we're gonna have no this really yep mm-hmm. what the fuck okay cool well just so there's actually the there's also so, so there's two different cuts of the shining too there's like the international cut and then there's the regular cut and i don't remember the difference but they're like kind of wildly big differences and i don't remember what they are i, I think the american either. cut is better i don't remember but i don't know so that's homework assignment number one is room 237 and then dr sleep which came out last year is a sequel to the shining this is what rachel said yes and so the book which i own but i have not read is apparently not very good and i went to see the movie just because i see everything in theaters and i had very low expectations i was like oh this is actually great like this is not just good this is a great movie dude i'm gonna watch both of these things because i'm like in this kind of mode now like you know now that we like like listen to the book watch the movie i'm down these yeah. are good recommendations. I'm actually probably going to do one of these tonight. So Yeah, Ewan McGregor is great. Rebecca Ferguson is great. There's a director's cut of Doctor Sleep, which is like three hours long. So do that on the weekend or something when you have more time. But yeah, watch Room 237 because that's chronologically first. And then Doctor Sleep. But yeah, they're both worth, especially now that you're in like the the shining mindset, right? Like, yes. Like do both of those. I got I got a shine in me. Anything else of note that you have done since we recorded on Sunday. The other like two like minute things, but just because we always talk about it, is that um as we were driving back and forth to Pittsburgh, I stopped at two of my favorite regional fast food chains. We hit White Castle on the way there and we hit Long John Silver's on the way back. Wait, is is White Castle not in New Haven? No. It stops no. in Jersey, dude. Yeah, we actually hit one in Jersey. Yeah, that's one where, like, I since I grew up with it, I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. It's it's just always around. Like, I don't think exactly. It's, special. it's not in Pittsburgh. It's not in Connecticut. It's only in like Jersey, like through kind of there, and then in like Michigan, I guess. What have I done? I mean, we have not we've not really had a ton of time because we recorded Sunday evening as opposed to the afternoon, so there's yep. like less time in between. I rewatched Cloud Atlas for Hanks of the Memories. So oh. I was I was complaining on this podcast in the last week sometime about the Tom Hanks nine eleven movie, which I absolutely hated. Yeah. That podcast is out today. As this episode comes out, that episode comes out. Okay. So you want to hear me and Mike dunk on this movie for twenty minutes, literally just twenty minutes. Go check that out. But next week it's just me and Mike again because we're like 
because today's movie nobody wanted to watch. Cloud Atlas, we didn't want anybody to watch because we both were like, this is kind of like why we're sort of doing Tom Hanks. And like, this is both our favorite Tom Hanks movie. And like, we just want to go for it. And so like, we gush for like 80 minutes about it. So I was a lot of fun. We recorded that last night. I watched it on Monday. Also, the other thing is that I've been trying to read more lately because I was reading, I was on a good pace, like the end of last year, beginning of this year, I was on a good pace for reading. I was going to continue reading when, like during baseball, like I like reading during baseball games. Then if you haven't heard, baseball isn't happening, at least not yet. It's still maybe this year. It's supposed to be end of July, yeah. But now today, like as we're recording today, there is news that the NHL is running into hurdles and the oh yeah and the NBA is running into hurdles and I yep. still don't think we're actually going to have baseball. But we'll see. I don't. I read so I've been so basically before the year began, I think late last summer, I asked my friend Bob, who I've talked about, who's a host of Tub Talk, because he reads a ton. He's the one who got me back into reading. I was like, can you pick out pick me any number of books that you think I'm going to read? But my goal for the year is to read 10,000 pages. So it's like just some okay. kind of mix match because it's like 30 pages ish a day. So I was yeah. like, whatever you want, just like come up with a list of 10,000 pages. So we came up with a list of books. There's 31 books on there. And I read a few at the beginning of the year and then I stopped, but now I'm back at it. And I read a book. It's like, it was only like 97 pages. I actually just finished it before we Ooh, recorded. A novella. It's not even a novella, really. It's, um, it's called Literally Show Me a Healthy Person. Uh, it's basically, it's not a collection of tweets, but it's like a, it's like the aesthetic of a collection of tweets. Okay. Again, I'm not going to describe it in a way that sounds appealing, but it's this very funny, but also very sad sort of look at like just a girl in New York who can't get her shit together. But like, it's, I think it's kind of comedic, but also hyper-realistic, but like, it made me laugh on almost every page, like every three or four pages, I was like, kind of like, oh God, this is super, this got super dark. But yeah, the book is great. So it's kind of hard to find because in a weird, kind of funny, kind of cool thing that Bob and I have talked about, uh, Kendall Jenner was seen reading this book, and so then oh. just because she had the book, it was sold out on Amazon. Like just oh. every girl who loves Kendall Jenner is like, I don't know what this book is, I need this book. And it's happened a few times. Like Kendall apparently has really good taste in books, and like she, whether it's her or that she has like a handler or whatever, but like she's been seen <laughs> reading on multiple occasions, like three or four times at least, like really good, cool, new alt indie lit books. And so <laughs> she had this one and like it just blew up. The Kendall Jenner effect. Kendall Jenner and like, you know, the millions of people who follow her or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like this tiny little basically collection of tweets essentially. And uh, I loved it. It's great. That's so I don't really know cool. if anybody reads anymore other than me and Bob, mostly just Bob. But uh, if you are, uh, I do literally show me a healthy person. I do on planes but that's about it but that's it that's all i've been doing i I watched cloud atlas i talked about cloud atlas and i read a book so you're becoming a better person as we talk i'm trying i'm trying we have a patreon page here on the show too fast to forever.com shout out to cassie wilson jake freer ben milliman nick burris alex ellen and justin kleinman brian rodriguez of high school slumber party Haley gerbys west hampton christian larson and jerry robinson thank you all so very much thank you guys very 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 much i do want to put out there i have not heard from anybody so i'm assuming it didn't radically change patreon on july 1st i I prefaced this last month that they started charging tax and i think i set it up so that like because most of what people are quote unquote paying for are not actually physical goods they're just like shout outs and movie picks and whatever yeah so like they shouldn't be taxed so if you support us on patreon that's right i forgot yeah please let me know like if the tax is I, I don't like i don't know how to define it like crazy like it, it shouldn't be a lot it should just be like like a ten dollars i think it probably should just be a, i don't think it should be like six or seven percent like whatever your state is i think it should be way less than that. i think it's like a a ratio of 
the things and I think I set up boards like basically nothing. So please let me know, email us or just Facebook me or whatever. Just let me know what that's like. Cause I think I set up, I don't know how to set it up better, but I'm just curious how that shook out because now we are officially into July and it's, you know, happening yeah, or whatever. Right. Exactly. So. Also as a reminder, vote in the Fast and Furious, the Too Fast, Too Forever Hall of Fame Hall voting of closes fame. next weekend. So you have another week or so. I messaged you. This is when you were traveling yesterday. We got like a, from an email address that I don't know, not somebody who's emailed in, somebody who I've never corresponded with. I don't know who this person is, but they filled out the form. So thank you, Mysterious Stranger. I don't know if you listen to the podcast oh, or not. Oh, that's right. Because yeah, I, you know, it's, we're only asking for email address just to make, just to, I'm, I'm curious who it is. And like, out of the 34 responses we have now, like I probably know 30 of them. There's a couple that I don't know, but like the one we got yesterday, I was just like, oh, I don't. I don't know who that is. But yeah, cool. and it's not like eat my dick at eatmydick.com. No, it's like an actual – yeah, no, it's not It's not you and your friends doing it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes. It's funny. I didn't tell them to do that. Me, Matt, Zach, like every – like no, it's every... all them and it's my entire fantasy baseball thread. Like it's the same thing. It's just like dick jokes and just like – it's the same – like they're different iterations on the same kind of theme. It's just like, you asshole, just like I just want to know who this is. <laughs> I know. But it's fine. It's a wonderful. I love it. We also have an email address here on the show family at cageclub.me joe and we have four emails oh nice so first email up from west hampton subject line lap six recap relap what up fam what up wes how are you doing buddy says it's hard to believe another lap is almost over yet at the same time i feel like it's been the longest lap in the history of the show because there are so many more episodes and so much has happened in my life and in the world in general Truth. I really enjoyed this one, and I agree the classic car lap was the perfect one to suddenly double up on. Here are my notes from the okay. past few episodes. It was the it's definitely the longest in quantity. As new movies come out, right, and as we do Nas boosts and whatever, and as things happen, I mean, next lap's going to be even longer. So just you know, get true, ready. True, very true. Good point. First off, I have to applaud Nick for watching along with you on all the movies and having the restraint to hold off on listening until he's caught up. I really want to see everything you've covered, and a lot of them were already on my watch list, but I haven't been able to find the time. We watched a few, as you know, but yeah. eventually I'll check everything off the list. I think we had a really good lap. Like, it was curated really well between, like, you know, all of us and everybody that picked. I think that it was great. I was happy with it. I, I can't even think of one that I was like, that was bad, right? Behind, some behind the scenes is that, like, when we were talking about, we were trying to figure out if we're going to keep doing two a week or one a week, and you had, I think, the right rightful rightful i think concern that like we didn't want to do 40 episodes for like a theme that like we didn't really like and so that's why we sort exactly. of doing, like we're doubling yes. up like number one there aren't i don't think there are 40 michelle rodriguez movies but number two if we were only doing that like if there were there's going to be some stingers in there because like even actors that we love that we do entire podcasts about oh yeah there are just duds that we have to cover oh for sure and so you and i have like conversations about like well, what could we do how could we assure this and whatever and that's when we sort of have the idea to like kind of double up ish on themes and so like that's why it's not just letty it's letty and memory loss right because it's Mm -hmm. thematically linked or whatever yep next lap could have been not that the brian the paul walker lap was bad but it was definitely like there were some spotty things in there and this could have been but like looking ahead at what we have planned i'm excited there's stuff in here that like could be terrible i have no idea but i'm pretty optimistic there's there's some stuff in there that some of our patrons picked that are kind of like uh, I can't wait to make you watch this, but you know it's always fun though. Yes. it's always good hearted, yeah. and I mean like hey man, like pick whatever you want. Like we do this for you guys anyway, so yes. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The TLDR is that I'm looking forward to next lap. What could have been maybe not great is 
I think it'll be pretty good, so, yeah. I do, yeah, I'm excited for it, too, and, like, you know, because we've done Zack Attacka, because we did Boyfriend Material, and because we did Magic Mike's, I like how freeing this is in the sense that we watch, like, a ton of different shit. Focusing on, like, one character, like, if we were gonna go do just, like, a straight Michelle Rodriguez lap and have to do that many movies, I'd be like, oh, man, like, I don't feel like doing that. But if we cut in memory loss stuff, it's gonna be a lot more fun, I think. Yep. And we have basically, I, I, don't, I don't know the exact count, but we're, it's a pretty even split. I think there's probably a few more memory loss just because, like there's I said, she hasn't them. been in a ton. And, like, you know, the six or whatever of these movies that she's in, we're already covering. And, like, there's yep. certain movies of hers that, like, I'm like, oh, we're not going to do that. Like, Amen. Justin talked about Lower Whacker Drive being in Batman Begins, and maybe it was and I forgot. But I think the iconic scene that most people remember it from is the Joker chase in The Dark Knight. Before they make it back to the surface level and Batman launches his bat cycle, they're racing through the underground portion of Wacker Drive. I've only been to Chicago once as an adult, and I actually mm. drove through it before coming into then leaving the city. It was pretty cool, but I also had GPS guiding me. I think, yeah. yeah, there's definitely the thing where, like, there's the, like, Joker has the rocket launcher, right? He's got, like, the laughter is the best medicine in that, like, pickup truck or the, the yeah, semi-truck, yeah, yeah. and then, like, he has the S, so, like, slaughter is the best medicine but yeah i think that's in the underground thing too i haven't so. seen the dark knight in a while actually i just watched um the dark knight rises yeah we watched them all what did we do i guess it was two years ago maybe when did we do christopher nolan for cinemakers that must have been two years ago three years ago maybe i have no idea garrett was a great guest i liked his idea about the legwa sequels as he called them mm-hmm. and i think that's where the series has to go and i think they tested that idea out a little bit with spy racers even though that was aimed at a very different audience agreed Then as far as his discussion of the viewing order, I know where he's coming from. I almost always argue for release order, the exact reasons he said. They were created based on the knowledge of the previous entries. I think it's a fun experiment to do chronologically, but release order is almost always better. However, I will say that Mrs. West and I debated this with Fast and Furious for much longer than we should have, and we determined (laughs) that watching three between six and seven is generally more enjoyable, even for first-time viewers. I, agree. I think that stems from the fact that it wasn't written as a prequel originally or even a connected movie. So they're not making a ton of references to other movies or characters. Mm-hmm. The bonus is that you're more attached to Han after five and six. His motivations are cast in a different light. And there are only a couple references in the other movies that may fall flat. That's how we decided the chronological order for our marathon if we ever have to get to it. I know. I can't wait. I hope that we all get to do that one day, my friends. I will say on this note that Nico messaged me. He's like... Uh, so we listened to our episode. I was like, he's like, but, 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 like before I even respond, he's like, but, 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 we, we skipped to our segment. And we just listened to that part. And I was like, okay, good. Okay, cool. Because we spoil everything almost in every, not on purpose, but like everything is almost spoiled in every episode. Exactly. And I was like, just so you know, and I don't know if our listeners know, I don't know. I'm imagining they're all just listening to the full episode, but like, this is mostly for people who are like, they really talk about Fast and Furious 6 for three hours. It's like, well, not really. It's like for two hours, but like in the description for every episode, at the end, it just says movie conversation starts at and then a timestamp. And so I put in there yeah. when it is. I've been doing that for the last like 20 or 30 episodes. So I was like, Nico, just so you know, in the future, you can just tap on that and it'll bring you right to that part in the episode. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Because like, I want to make sure, like, because, you know, again, Kara had the thing spoiled last time. Yep. If we can do anything, I feel like based on just how they were describing things, I feel like they might know, maybe, but like as best as we can, I want to preserve the secret if we can agreed yep we'll try i mean these movies have been out there for like over a decade now so you're gonna know some of the stuff that happens west says i'm glad everyone's watching hamilton and enjoying it it's been a huge topic of discussion for mrs west she's been on this train since the early days 
Mm-hmm. She was a theater kid growing up and even did some local theater here after we were married. Oh, we were somehow cool. friends almost exclusively with teachers, including several theater teachers. So Lin-Manuel was already a known quantity. She's, uh. she's been listening to the album for years and mostly just cries through it. Sounds like my sister. <laughs> yeah. But we've Rachel never been able too. to see it in person, so we were excited that they announced it's coming to Disney+. Plus. She went to a party, but no one in our country could get their shit together. COVID's <laughs> still a thing, so they had to go out of town anyway. We watched it the night it was released, but it wasn't a great experience because we were watching it with people who were talking and on their phones and distracted. But when we got home, our friends we always do movie and TV nights with came over, and we watched it again, and it was great. They hadn't heard any of the music, they just knew the hype around it, and they loved it. I knew all of the big songs, right? Like, I knew, like, all of the, like, really big ones. That's what I presented to Rachel, and then Rachel obviously found the soundtrack and listened to, like, all the songs. So she'd be like, these are, like, the really good deep cuts or whatever, right? But, like, I didn't know any of the, like, the songs that aren't the the big, big ones. I'd only listened to, I think, most of the first disc, and my sister was like, why did you stop? I was like, well, I really couldn't, like, visualize it. And, like, it's a hunt, like, if you listen to it, like, you're not missing anything, right? Because it's, it's the entire show. Like, there's no part yeah, of the yeah, show yeah. that's, like, talking that's not on the double disc. Because, like, not the double song, yeah. soundtrack is, like, the three hours long or whatever, right? the 240, 250 or whatever. So just because I'm not as familiar with, like, live theater, I was like, I can't see, I'm, I want to see what's going on. I like the and bangers. Like, like, there's some bangers on that soundtrack. So, like, those are the ones that I always listen to. I had heard, I had heard that King George was, like, he stole the show, but, like, I never really was, I wasn't ready for it until I saw it. Yeah. And Jonathan Groff is amazing in there. And, he is, like, he's great. David Diggs, who plays Lafayette in the first act, and then he uh-huh. plays... Jefferson in the second act, and he's also in Blind Spotting, which is a fucking incredible movie. He's really funny. Like, there's so much funny in that. And, like, mm-hmm. you can hear, but, like, in what I had heard, it felt like kind of like the jokes were like, Peggy's the Skylar sister who can't get her shit together or whatever. So it's like, oh, it's, yeah, it's funny, but, like, it's not, you know. Yeah. But then, like, to see the way that they all move, like, just King George, especially, I was just like, that's, you know, killing it. Yep. Hamil- we're now a Hamilton podcast. I'm sure <laughs> that there are millions of Hamilton podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's doing it way better than us, I'm sure. One last quick story about Hamilton. Mrs. West always wanted to be able to rap along with a hip-hop song. She loves hip-hop, but didn't grow up listening to it, so she isn't comfortable with the rhythm and the flow. She figured Hamilton was her chance, so she learned a good portion of most of the songs and could follow it okay with the lyrics. But one night, she was talking about how guns and ships, or how fast guns and ships is, how she could never do it, and she was jealous of her friends that could. That night, I went out to pick up some food while she was working on a cookie order, and I learned the whole thing basically in the time it took me to get from our house to a drive-thru <laughs> and back. She was so mad that I did it just to tease her, but it's still the only song from a show that I know all the words to. That is so funny. That's really, really funny. And cute. I like that. That's that's the cute relationship tormenting that I enjoy. There was a great thread. Hold on, I gotta find the thread on Twitter. Doing a never-ending bit that your partner hates. There's nothing, there's nothing that would be funnier. Yes! There's nothing funnier than doing a never-ending bit that your partner hates. You know what one of mine is? That What's Rachel that? really gets annoyed with. Like, she usually loads the dishwasher, and I unload it. And every time that I unload the dishwasher, I just look at her and break out into this song called Reload and be like, now it's time to reload. This is real love. And I just sing that song to her and she gets really annoyed. There was also, I think, oh, I think in this thread, there was like the woman who sang You Ought to Know by Alanis to her husband for a month straight. Like every time there's like a quiet, she would just like scream it, like even in public. And he was like, don't, he's like, like she would must, like she was filming all the time. So like, you couldn't see what she was doing, but like, he would just like, she must've given him a look. Cause he's like, don't, don't do it. Stop it, just stop it. <laughs> The reason I sent it to Nico was that, like, there's one where this woman, Brona, Brana, Brana probably, says, whenever my wife mentions being gay, I scream, you're gay at her? As, like, <laughs> as though I learned it for the first time. 
so Nico was saying something. I was like, wait, 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 wait a minute. You're gay? And he like, <laughs> cracks up. I'm like, awesome. I, I stole that joke. That's really funny. I like that a lot. Like, huh? What? <laughs> I call my boyfriend sport and champ and bud like a Midwestern dad because I'm six months older than him. He hates it. And then I squish his <laughs> cheeks and say he's throwing a tantrum. And I swear to God, I can see his soul leave his body as he considers whether or not to dump me. <laughs> That's good. See, these are these are just like the gentlest things ever. I love those. Oh. Yeah, there's a whole thing. So yeah, Sophia Benoit at one follower, no dad. Okay, uh, <laughs> is uh, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of the really good ones. My wife keeps gently, mostly gently, applying pressure to her infant son's head because she says he looks quote too human. Keeps talking about how heads needing the quote proud riches of a warrior. <laughs> Just the dumbest shit, and I love it. So I, yeah. I you know, I don't oh, know that learning good. the lyrics to a rap song is the same thing, but it's in that it vein. Is. And, it's uh, in the yeah. same vein. I get it. I also read today that I think Lin Manuel annotated all the songs on Genius. Oh, so if nice. you want to go deeper with them, if you also if you don't know Genius, Genius.com is basically like now the only lyric site you ever need to go to because it's yes. correct lyrics. Also, like, can we talk for a second about how like. Lyric sites in the 2000s were like mostly just viruses. Mostly just viruses, and they were just like copy pasta of like teen girl interpretations of lyrics. And they would be wrong a lot of the time, but they'd be a lot like, of wrong, you're, like you're yeah. saying copy pasta from like other sites that like they would all have the same. Inc- it's like no, this yes. is right, but they're all like just it's all clickbait or whatever. But like Genius came yep. around, and Genius gives you the ability because it started as rap genius and then just became Genius. And now I think they're yep. even beyond music; they do other things too, like speeches and stuff. I think or something I think so. Like. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds right. But, like, whether you're just, like, you or me or, like, an artist can go in there and, like, annotate or, like, explain lyrics. It's a Wikipedia lyrics. version yeah. of lyrics. And also, they what they did is they started to get hip-hop artists to come on and, like, clarify their lyrics. And then yep. that became part of the thing. Yeah. And what's also nice is that, like, on the side, like, in addition to, like, you can, like, read the lyrics. And, like, there's, like, highlight. You can click on it. But on the side, there's, like, explaining what a song is about, and then they'll have, like, quotes from the band to back it up or whatever. Like, I was listening to Backdrifts by Radiohead, and I'm like, I don't, like, I don't know what any Radiohead song is about, because I don't know what the lyrics of any Radiohead song is about, because, like, I can't understand what Tommy York is singing, and yet they're still my favorite band. But... I was like, what is this song about? And like, it's apparently they were on a bullet train in Japan. They were stuck in a snowdrift and they were just watching that and they just came up with the lyrics of the song and then they wrote the song or whatever. But like, I would never get that without this. And like, there was like quotes about like from Tom and Johnny and Colin or whatever, just about like that experience. I was like, oh, that's awesome. But like, I, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know. How would you know? But apparently Lynn did that for Hamilton. So if you want to go to the next level, genius. That's really cool. Very cool. Wes says, Joe or a listener, Joe, this is you in this case, mentioned uh-huh. the Milton Hershey School. Mrs. Wes has a lot of family in that area, and her grandpa went to the Hershey School. Ooh. Very cool. Basically, his family was super poor in the Depression and mm-hmm. couldn't afford to care for all their kids, so he and his brothers got sent to the school. It's sad because they lost touch with a lot of family when it happened, but I always knew it was an orphanage. I didn't realize it was still operating today as more of a boarding school for the underprivileged. Yeah, it's really, really cool. I like. I, I just love the whole story of it. It's like one of the. It's just like a selfless type act. You know what I mean? That like mm-hmm. that this exists, and it just that makes me feel warm inside. So that's very cool. Wes says Joey's revealed to me that he knew Jeff Rosenstock and just made the connection to the back to the island was very funny. When he messaged me, I could hear the wheels turning and things falling into place. I'll definitely <laughs> let you know if and when they do their finale. Jeff is from New York and just moved to L.A., so he still has strong ties there. If anyone's interested in the interim, they've shifted to a show about Batman movies called Bat to the I-Man, naturally. They're watching them out of order and just did a Batman Forever. 
as their first episode, which is, I guess, why not start with the worst one? Go for it. Yeah, I like Batman Forever, though. Don't talk shit like, on it's, Batman. That and Robin are the two... I mean, they're fine. They're great. They're fun. They're great in a terrible way. I love them. Nigo and Kevo are going to be a blast in the show, and I can't wait, but I just want them to know all of the things they describe that they want to be FNF movies. They're just basically describing the show Supernatural, which you know I'm also a big fan of, so they need to get on board <laughs> with that. I bet they probably watched it. I'm going to send these, uh, like the, the reviews are in quotes to them, and I'll see what they say. To answer Joe's question about Lost, I recently read up on this topic. J.J. Abrams pretty much just did the pitch and development with David Lindelof, wrote and directed the pilot, and was out almost immediately because he was still working on Alias The Mission Impossible 3. Eventually he came back and co-wrote the season 3 opener, Great episode, by the way. But that was the full amount of his involvement. I used to give Lindelof and Cues a lot of flack for taking his concept and kind of mishandling it. But I've learned that Damon Lindelof is amazing, JJ wasn't really involved, and the network is to blame for most of the problems with the show. Ah. Either way, I still like Lost, Mrs. West likes Lost, and we both loved the ending and cried our little eyes out watching it. I can't wait to watch it, and like I can't wait to get into it. Wes sent us the link that I had already read, but there's a thing on Collider. I don't think I talked about it on here. Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse wanted to end the show after three years, and ABC was like, no, you don't just cancel a show that's popular. You keep it going for as long. It's like, they're like, you know how hard it is to make a show that people like. And they're like, yeah, we get it, but like this is like a mystery show. Like, yeah, you can't just exactly. run a mystery show forever. And they're yeah. like, so we're thinking like another year. And ABC was like, cool, we're thinking 10 years. And then they're like, uh, what? And they eventually, like between re-upping for a year and then the writer's strike and whatever, settling on six seasons, the, like, the later three being shorter, kind of, sort of-ish, ending in a place that they were happy with. They ideally wanted to do, but like the beginning of season three, I think they were saying, is like not great just because they ran out of things. Like they just had to keep like building things as opposed to like answering things. So like they just kept, the issue that a lot of people have is they just so many mysteries that weren't answered because like they just didn't know when they were going to be able to end. And so like you have to keep building mystery. Makes sense. Wes says, all right, that's it for another spectacular supersized email. I look forward to the next movies, the next chapter of YAML, and I especially look forward to the next lap until next time stay furious stay furious Wes thank you brother next email from Jerry Robinson subject line 4th of July weekend what up Jerry how are you doing bud hey guys I'm literally in shock right now because of what happened Joe too I am so sorry another problem happened to you brother I'm glad your dad is okay and hope they catch that bastard because that ain't right at all I think that the universe will correct what it has wronged and um, hopefully they do catch him. I, uh, you have to keep us posted on that. I mean, you don't go into detail, but like, let us know how that shakes out. I mean, I talked to the detective today. I, I don't know if I mentioned it to you. There's like, like we had the reservations list and we were blocked out. So you couldn't have added a reservation. So it's like, like we have it narrowed down to like 40 people and like 25 of them are women on the sheet. You know what they say, ladies love renting cars. If there's one thing I know about women, <laughs> they love <laughs> renting cars. Like, they're going to figure out who this guy is pretty quickly. I think that I figured out who this guy was, but I'm not sure. Jerry says, I've been in a similar scenario at a car rental place. Someone hit me. Oh, boy. What? So this is like a common thing? In 20 years, my parents have had the store. Nobody ever swung on them. He says, because I was cleaning a car and it took too long. He says, I wanted to make sure each car was clean, clean. When he hit me, I lost my shit and went off on him because I had the right to retaliate. I didn't get in trouble or lose my job, and the guy got arrested. Good. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. Who swings on people at a rental car place? Jesus Christ. Maybe it's the same guy. What if it was, what if it was the same guy? <laughs> oh, God. That'll be really... Yeah. <laughs> From coast to coast, just swinging on dudes. Speaking of alcohol slushies, there's a place in San Francisco I took Ileana called Burger Bar. Ooh. 
There's a burger bar. I bet it's the same. There's a burger bar in Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, I bet it's the same. It has to be, right? That sounds... It's got to be because their whole, like, they have, like, 40 different dogfish beers, and dogfish is a California brewery, right? I don't think so. Dogfish Head is Delaware. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not California. Why did I think... Of... I don't know. Okay. Let's see what okay. he says. They have boozy milkshakes, which this place does too. They're huge and they're so good. He actually sends two pictures, so let's put this in here. Actually, I'm well, going to see him. I'm going to see this them. one. Yeah, that looks similar. Yeah, I think it's the same place. If it's in Vegas too, yeah, that would make sense. These so they're good. huge it's and they're so slide. good. I recommend after the Global Bastard passes by, which I mean, this is one of the places that like when I'm in Vegas for CES, this is one of the places that I go every year. So I for sure Do you sure know which hotel these. it's in? It's at Mandalay Place. It's not, there's like a shopping mall between Mandalay Bay and whatever, maybe Luxor. Then there's like okay. a little connector that's like restaurants and shops and stuff. And one of them is Burger Bar. I think Rachel might have taken me there, but I don't think I got It's like, it looks like it's in a shopping mall. It's on the top yeah. floor. It's a thin, deep thing there's a big bar on the left there's tables and booths on the right that go all the way back on. one second let me ask her rachel do we go to burger bar in vegas she's never been there so i have not been there it's great but they have like great burgers they have great milkshakes they have great beers on tap i think they always have her as much as as often as they can they always have like 120 minute ip like the dogfish yeah, like they yeah. have serious like they take their shit seriously there so that's awesome yeah i like boozy milkshakes too despite all the drama you had i hope the three of you guys counting rachel and you too joey had a good fourth of july i was chilling at home barbecuing with my mom and grilled hot links shrimp kebabs and chicken Ooh. and watched jaws Ooh. independence day two of my all-time favorites those are great and actually unbeknownst to you joey always watches jaws on fourth of july mm-hmm. and we were talking about these movies that have like an interrelated theme that kind of fits with a holiday like what movies you watch every year yes for a certain and not just because you're like like people are like oh i watch the godfather every year it's like yeah but like you just watch it because it's a good movie like but like a thing like you're saying like that ties into whatever yeah so normally like on a regular fourth of july because you know i work in a lab and i have a lot of foreigners usually everybody comes over to my house and we barbecue and we try to do it like as america as possible right and so like one of the things we do is we have like uh, an america playlist and it's like team america jaws top gun captain america like all of these movies and we like just play those on like a one playlist and like while we barbecue and like play we like teach them beer pong and stuff like that and like we do all of these things together but it's funny that he brought up that he watched jaws because you watched jaws on fourth of july too i was thinking about independence day and i have so much that i want because i was especially that was the day also that i watched hamilton like i just had so much i wanted to watch but like if i just had nothing to watch i would have watched jaws i would have watched independence day and i would have watched maybe top gun but more likely also rocky four like i saw rocky four oh, yeah rocky the most american too. movie where we pound the shit out of russia yeah and like you know <laughs> apollo creed and his, his usa trunks and his outfit oh uh, yeah but i watched that in theaters i think on fourth of july in austin they just had like it was like a great like people just cheering when he was like you know <laughs> battling drago i just loved it i loved it that's awesome jerry says on sunday i got a few mixed drinks that they bag you for in a ziploc and you pour all the contents in one from a corner store by my house cutty banks I guess. And he's in California. It's probably this. But, like, there's, like, all of these, like, regional, like, mixed drink type things you could... I'm very... I I don't know. As you can tell, I like all these, like, weird regional things. And, like, Cuddy Banks are, like, up there. They're really cool. So, yeah, I'm assuming that's what he got. Tell me if you did. We had a small pool party with Ileana at her house, just me and her. Music, booze, and barbecue. It was absolutely perfect. Perfect. He says, baseball's kind of back, but can't go in a stadium, which blows. In Tokyo Drift, I agree with you, Joe, too, about the seventh me coming from a military family myself. God damn it. Dad served 28 years and retired in 2010. Mm -hmm. So he's he's on your side, but again. Oh, yeah. I think it's, it's... 
again, it's the obvious choice that the mom screwed up. That's a lazy thing to do. I got to fight for the underdog <laughs> yeah. sometimes. No, you really believed it for a while there. Really quick about Kanye for president. I do not like it and found out that he can't really, since he hasn't submitted the right documents, to be eligible <laughs> to run. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I might be. I heard today he's running on the birthday party, which I think is probably just like a makeup, made up thing. It's like, I think he's basically <laughs> running a write-in campaign. But again, fuck right off. He's just being con like that's the beauty of it like he's not being serious I i'm not gonna vote for kanye but i do love that idea that he's running and that's amazing to me so they're making a new nas energy drink called nas turbo that's all i really have Ooh. stay fast and never last so here's the picture of nas turbo Ooh, that pretty one's cool. really cool pretty cool yeah i like that that's really cool i like that the tur- the the o is is a turbo yeah and our last two emails are both from Justin Kleiman. First up, Next Lap. What up, Justin? How are you doing, bud? I'm excited for the Next Lap and Nico and Kevo's new takes. I especially would like to know what they think of the idea that Rico and Tego are a couple. Oh, we have to pose that to them when we get to there. Hope yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sending that second half to them because I want to, or should I? I'll wait because they're not going to be around for a while. Yeah, yeah. We got like, what, four? They don't come until four. In Los Bondoleros. Uh, true. They're in the beginning of four, but I think yeah. they're really in earnest in five. Fair. Speaking of them, I just rewatched Los Bondoleros with my friends. It's really good. It's such a different feel from the movies. I wish they had more of a grittier side to them. One interesting thing to look for when you rewatch it Rico and Tego have different names in it. Yeah, Wes is written in like, there's like, they have like three different names. There's, like, Rico and Tego, and there's, like, Don Omar, and there's... They credit them in all kinds of weird different shit, but they definitely have different names in that, yeah. And there's, like, Kara and Mirtha. Yep. The same character, different names, so... Joe, thanks for that debit card suggestion. I'll check it out. My credit union debit card never had foreign transaction fees, so we always use that on international trips, but they recently added it. So uh-huh. it'll be good for the day when we actually get to travel again. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we, we have to keep staying positive, brother. We're, we'll eventually get to leave the hellscape here eventually so also glad to hear you and your family are okay after the attack absolutely insane any word if the guy has been caught yet talked about that not yet but you will keep us abreast and then he just says fuck 2020 i agree dude i'm so done with this year i mean so uh, done with this year this this isn't gonna help but like next year's not gonna be better (laughs) i mean i hope so i mean like if corona goes away and stuff like it, it can't get worse i mean i'm now i'm saying that and i'm getting really anxious thinking about it but hopefully it can't get worse did you see the tweet that was like i feel like time travel's real because somebody keeps going back in time trying to change one thing about 2020 to make it like (laughs) fix it but it keeps getting worse like what happened to murder hornets what did we give up to get rid of them you know like did you see that i forgot about the murder hornets (laughs) exactly that's what i'm saying they're like the murder hornets just went away like goddamn like how bad would that have been (laughs) like I know, I know, I know, I know. And then the last email from Justin, Freebie and the Bean soundtrack response. This is about the episode you're about to hear. He says, Joe, you asked what album could play in the background of Freebie and the Bean. This is the first one I thought of. It's Circus Calliope Volume 2, Authentic Circus Calliope Music from 2010. I l- oh, this he says, I drove fun. Vonnie nuts with this. this I haven't fun, found the exact though. album on vinyl, but there are many variations. And it's not like there's a lot of depth to Calliope songs being played on a Wurlitzer, so really any would do. And then he sends a Spotify link, too. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm going to listen to this. This will be fun to, like, cook to or something weird. He says, enjoy, Justin. Well, thank, thank you, Justin. You. Thank you, Wes. And thank you, Jerry, for writing in. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me, let us know what you're up to. Send in yeah. rankings. Just say hi, family at cageclub.me. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious, I got nothing. You got anything? Nothing. Then the last thing we have to do is the Fast and the Furious Minute, Minute 73. Uh, I think there's a couple different titles this could possibly be, but the one that I went with, and I don't know if you... Yeah, it's the best. Visualize the win. 
Alright. What's up? Hey, what's up, Jesse? What do you have in your hand? Throwing down the pink slip, just like you. The pink slip to what? The Jetta? Yeah. You can't bet your dad's car. It's alright. I ain't losing. This fool is running a Honda 2000. I'll win. That way, me and my dad can roll together when he gets out of prison. It's all good. Well, they're gonna throw him right back in prison after he kills you. You visualize the win. Hey, visualize the win, Jesse. I'm serious, you gotta listen to me, man. Who are you racing? Jesse, don't do it. I bet you he's got more than a hundred grand under the hood of that car. Uh-huh. So in this minute, Brian parks outside the DT Precision Auto Shop trailer and meets Jesse en route to his race. Brian and Jesse walk over the drag strip. Leon gets out of the car. Jesse gets in. And they find out that Jesse put up the pink slip for his Jetta, for his dad's Jetta, against the racer with the Honda 2000, who happens to be Johnny Tran. So my first question is... Does Jesse not know Johnny Tran, or does he just know that he's racing a Honda 2000? Like, there's, it feels no, insane. We know a thousand percent that Jesse knows Johnny Tran because he says Johnny Tran and his wolf pack. Pack of wolves, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he knows who Johnny Tran is. This, so this, this feels this whole, like poor screenwriting. It's really bad, and we've talked about this before. Like, there's no way he doesn't know who Johnny Tran is. There's no way he doesn't know that he was about to race him. He doesn't know that Johnny Tran probably souped up his car with, like, a hundred thousand dollars under the hood like this is all just chaos like there's no way that leon lets him would let him race johnny tran there's no way that dom wouldn't have heard about this i mean i can't imagine any of this actually happening like it seems like brian is the only one at all concerned like leon is just like visualize the win man like seriously visualize the win which again he knows who johnny tran is like it's not why is he coming through with this like mental toughness when when he's like okay i'm gonna pull your car up to the line for you now mentally get prepared to race for your car i don't know that's like the worst like you know what i mean like wouldn't you want to be like okay like we're gonna race at the end of the day and get like psyched up for it all day it's like this is such like a half-ass last minute type decision for you to be like yeah man really visualize the win like no fucker he should have been thinking about this like from before he got there yeah you're gonna race for your car you know what i mean it's not like a last minute thing you would do on a whim and i also feel like there's another thing that we're missing here that like we're just talking about jesse and jesse's dad and jesse's dad being in prison but that's never come up before and i thought it did like i thought it had when brian and jesse are on the computer like he's talking about his Uh ADD or whatever but no it's never been mentioned before and so brian's just like your dad's in prison he's gonna be so it's just like how do you like I get, I get that he's been hanging out, but it feels like this is a kind of important thing. Like Jesse losing his car is, is a big deal, but the fact that it's his dad's car is like why he freaks out and drives off. But like that could have and should have been set up earlier. I think could have and should have been set up earlier. And how does Brian know that both Jesse's dad has been in prison, but Jesse doesn't know that Johnny Tran has a hundred thousand dollars under his hood? This, I don't know. this is what I'm saying. Like how is he so privy to information and Jesse so like? lost. I also do want to point out, you had said, oh, it was the Emmy minute when we were at Neptune's net, and you were like, doesn't it make sense that they would have driven together, then we finally realized that, like, no, Dom probably has, like, set up or prep or whatever, and Brian shows up late. But I noticed that we, in a couple minutes ago, we saw Letty's car number is 207, Jesse's is 208, so they probably caravan together, came in one after the other. Right? And I don't know if you saw it. You didn't catch it. I added it to the document. Outside of DT Precision Auto, Leon 
is 201 and Vince's Ultima is 202. Oh, I saw those cars in a previous minute. I just didn't re- yes. I didn't recognize the cars. Okay, cool. Yes. So, so there's still but there's still five cars in between them. Yeah, but you know like they could have been like right behind Dom and when you start to merge, you know what I mean? Like yep. Letty and Jesse stay together and Dom, I mean Leon and Vince stay with Dom in the trailer. You know what I mean? So like it makes sense. Johnny Trans car is 433. I made it I said it's on the windshield for some reason you made a note that it's on the back. There's no back window cuz it's convertible, which makes sense. Yeah, you t- yeah you were saying that it's on the windshield. Why is it on the windshield? That's weird. And an S two thousand and like these small cars with convertibles. I bet that that's just like a piece of plastic, and it's probably really small anyways. So like you could have written on the piece of plastic, but why? You'd write right on the window. And two, it's like it would probably cover up like the whole rear view that he has. So there's also what I messaged to you and I put on Twitter is that there is a huge. I mean, it's again, it doesn't matter. There's a huge continuity error in that oh, we're yeah. seeing. Johnny Tran, when we're seeing from basically from the point of view of Jesse's car, he's in like this like kind of polo shirt mesh. that's like this, the athleisure. It's like the, the mesh. It's like the like breathable fabric. It looks like Leon's or I mean Vince's like mesh tank top type situation. The Vince one from earlier in the movie when Vince had that like like from like the, the watcher thing? back scene. Yeah. yeah, that he had like the mesh thing. Johnny Tran has like a more tight knit version of that, but like as like a polo shirt. But it's like open. It's like whole. But then we cut to a straight on shot, and he's just magically in a tank top. It's like a completely different outfit, which I don't like. That must mean to me that there he's probably in two different cars. I would guess because totally. we talked about how like previous yeah. races they had different cars for like the interior versus the exterior or whatever. But like I made a joke on Twitter. I was like, how did Jesse ever think he was going to beat Johnny Tran when he's so powerful that he's able to change shirts between shots? Like come on, man. Like that's it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. The responsibility of that to make sure continuity is there falls in the hands of the script supervisor. And so Deirdre Horgan or Mary Patton, one of you. I mean, come on. <laughs> I redacted some things before we talk about the cars. There's one other thing I want to talk about, and this yeah. is not quite on the level of like craziness, but I was like, you know, because there's a thing, there's the line in here that we heard in a minute where Jesse says, "It's all right, I ain't losing." This fool is running a Honda 2000. I was like, I feel like we've heard the fo- the word fool a disproportionate amount of times for like a movie that's like this kind of tough. It's the third time that the word fool has been used as an insult in this movie. That's your that's your 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 redacted task. Yes. So that's Vince really saying funny. what's up with this fool? What is he sandwich crazy? And then Vince saying he's got no call being up in here. You don't know that fool for shit. And then here Jesse calling Johnny Tran a fool. So Vince calls Brian a fool twice. So I have two theories on this. Okay. They were going to use more hard Fs. Mm, okay. They changed them to full. Or two, to give it more of a California vibe, they use the word fool more disproportionately than we would on the East Coast. It just feels like such a soft kind of like, oh, you're such a fool. Like, I mean. No, but it's like, it's prevalent in like there. You know what I mean? Like. I have no concept of that one way or the other. So I will take your word for that. But just, it just feels like a kind of a funny word to like hear so often because I was like, because like they're in, you know, like one of the more iconic lines in the movie is, what is this fool sandwich crate? Like, you just like the word fool keeps coming up. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. No, I just think it has to be one of those two, now, like now that you brought that up. That's the first two things that popped into my head. I don't have any concept on the 
the the regional affectation, the dialect. I think the oh, we want to have like a hard F, or just even like just like this fucker or whatever. Like you know what I mean? But, like wanting to keep it like P, like whichever mm-hmm. F you want to use, and kind of substituting it, whatever. I think yeah. So what you notice car wise? There's a couple of new cars. One that we've seen before. I think have we seen both of these cars before or no? Yes, we have. Johnny Trans SC thousand. We see it when he pulls into the when we have the fucking guy that I already forgot his name when he puts the oil in his mouth. Oh, Ted. Ted. Yeah, when we see Ted, it's there, and we've definitely seen Jesse's Jetta before. Jesse's seats in his Jetta are done by Stitchcraft Custom Interiors. I found Stitchcraft. They're um, in Ca- I, well, I found a Stitchcraft Interiors company in California. I'm assuming it's the same one. Um, I already dropped my car note on you that I noticed that Leon and Vince had come in together as well. Craig Lieberman's badge says race official, and then has like some scribbles or something. It says A. Okay. That's kind of cool. cool. That's about it. I have a couple, a couple other car notes, but nothing super crazy. Those were like the main takeaways that I had. Uh, the only other real note, the only other thing that I noticed in this minute is that the song "Race Wars" by BT ends, and then spoiler in the song title, but Jesse loses, Jesse loses Pink Slip by BT begins, which is just like, mm. hey man. But I mean, it doesn't like it's not like they come up along the bottom, right? So right, it doesn't true. matter. Okay, so now, any other things to comment on? Any other notes in this minute? Anything else you've seen before we go to the trivia question? No, we sussed it out pretty good. Everything that I want to talk about, we, like, kind of interwove nicely, so. So I have three different questions, and I think they're probably all easy, but I think They're that... all stupid easy. I get... So here's, here's I like what I'm trying to think about. Like, I think we need to figure out what we're trying to do. If we're trying to make even the most diehard fan frustrated, then these don't work. But if we're trying to do a balance of questions that conceivably could be told... At, like, a pub trivia night, like, these are not crazy. No, I think that the last one is the most fair difficulty. It's it's still easy, but I think it's the most fair one. So the questions that I have is what kind of car does Johnny Tran use at Race Wars, the Honda 2000? S2000, yeah. How much money does Brian estimate Johnny Tran has put into his car, $100,000? Or where is Jesse's dad, prison? We could also say dead. We could say back east. We could say whatever. Or is there at a different home. question that you have in mind that you'd rather do? I, I like, where is Jesse's dad? That's a good one. I think that's the most fair one. Like, he says it. He says it quickly. He says it once. I think that we can have some other good answers in there. Should we reword it to be like, where, why isn't Jesse's dad at Race Wars? Um, Because hmm. I can say he's at home. He's in prison. He's dead. He had no interest. Also, you should. I. I also think we should say prison and jail as an answer. Again, that's that's where it's like nitpicky. Where I think no, it's... no, those are completely different things. There's like county jail and then there's federal prison. Yeah. I. I okay. I, I. I admit that they're different. I don't know. I think we can have better. An- I think we have better, more diverse answers. We can have other diverse answers, but I think that those are two distinct answers. And I think that it's totally said that he's in prison, so it's non-negotiable about what the true answer is. So I think there's no ambiguity in the answer. This is, I think, whatever whatever, whatever that trivia question was that we argued about for 10 minutes that it cut down to like 30 seconds. There was, dear, dear listener, like five or 10 minutes, five or 10 movie minutes ago, we yes. had this whole big thing where like we just argued back and forth, as you can imagine, to no actual payoff. And no. I basically chopped all of it out. And it I don't wonderful. remember what the question was, and I don't remember Same. what the answers were. Oh, oh, it was what name was not said or something like that. And it was just yes. like, yeah, yeah. okay. Should the question be, where is Jesse's dad, or why is Jesse's dad not at Race Wars? I don't mind either. Either one. I'm, I'm indifferent to it. Why it is Jesse's matter. dad not at Race Wars? That's fine. Because he's dead. Oh, Because he's good. in prison. Because he's at work. At home. Because he's mad at Jesse. 
No, because he's in jail. You really, really want that. I like the jail in the prison thing, because I think that that makes the question an easy question, tougher, and you'd have to know the script to know the right answer. <sighs> I want some. I want listeners to write in about that, because I feel like that's a nitpicky thing that I don't like, but I will leave here. I just... Even tough for the for the well-versed. Time out. So there, here's, here's an actual, like a more logical question but this like what i'm saying like i don't like it it's just like i don't like it like that's not really a defense my actual defense here is i agree that it makes it more complicated however by having two very similar things it's like what i was saying about letty's car number about being like 207 or 307 and then having different numbers it's like by having two answers that are basically the same as a quiz taker you're gonna be like fine probably one of those you want you want to draw attention to it i want to draw attention to it and be like it's one of these two but then you start second guessing because if like you don't read the question you're gonna be like oh he because you know that he's either in jail or in prison right like if you watch the movie once or or multiple times you're gonna be like it's one of these two but to break it between those two is gonna be difficult to try to remember so yes i don't mind that it's repeated because i'm like if you if you read the question and don't pick one of the completely wrong answers which are so obvious this is the difficulty of it so i would like the listener to write in and see if is is this kind of because i i think wes's definition or clarification or like perspective on what a good trivia question versus a bad trivia question kind of helped us i want people to write in like say is this kind of like very minute difference even though it's not i know it's there's a difference but i feel like as opposed to having just like a wildly different answer is having these kind of littler smaller tweaks good thing or is it becoming too in the weeds i'm just curious what people think because I could kind of go either way. Like, I get that it makes it difficult, yeah. but I'm, I think it, like, to me, it kind of takes a little bit of the fun away. It's just like, well, it's frustrating because I feel like it's harder to get a perfect score, which I guess is maybe the point, but I don't we're know. We're never going to get a perfect score. That's the whole point. Like, we made the quiz and we're not getting perfect scores. Yeah. It's you have to get the best score you can, but I like that it's, like, ultimately unachievable. That no matter how hard you try, that, like, you're probably going to get a few wrong. Also, in the group chat, they got it right, so. Well, that's also, I'm thinking, like, did they say pri- I mean, I know it's an easier question, but like, did they say prison because it's between jail and prison? They can hear him saying prison. You know what I mean? Like, again, it's the kind good. of. Good. That's what I want. That's like a good litmus test for the question for me. So we have 73 questions, 80 or 73 minutes, 81 questions. If you're a patron, you can go to the pinned post on TooFast2Forever.com and check out the quiz. Check mm-hmm. out the Fast and Furious Minute document, both fully updated. Do you have any other thoughts about this minute or about anything we talked about or should we take a break and talk about freebie and the beam um no i actually like that again this minute was really fucking well contained yeah like it's like they shot this movie minute by minute let's take a break let's come back and hear another word from ford and let's talk about freebie and the beam episode number 107 freebie and the bean this episode is brought to you by ford two unbiased panels of auto experts took a close look at all the 1973 cars they tested them thoroughly and based on these tests ford won car of the year in road test competition and the ford ltd won full-size sedan of the year in motor trends competition shout out ford Shout out Ford indeed. Well, welcome back to the show. We are talking about Freebie and the Bean. We've got one more movie. We've got The Getaway next Friday. 
Ooh. but this is our penultimate. If you want to use a ten dollar or whatever the phrase is, two dollar word, ten dollar word, five dollar word, three dollar word. I don't know. Yeah. Big vocabulary word, penultimate, one of my favorite, maybe my favorite word, next to I last. Actually, word. no. Penultimate is great. What I really do love is anti-penultimate, which is next to Ooh. next to last, two before, A-N-T-E, penultimate. Love that. I like but that. But anyway, freebie and the bean. We have one more. we got the getaway next Friday, but we are still kicking it old school. At times while watching this movie, we can talk about it, I was just like, should we have done this? And like, it's kind of like it feels less significant and less important, but it's still fun. And I was like, I don't, like it fun. feels what we kind of left off, especially with, you know, last episode, Nico talking about how much he loves the French Connection. I was like, should we have done that instead of this? Maybe, but still, I'm glad that we watched this. So what did you think of Freebie and the Bean before we talk about what it is or what it's about or anything like that? I liked it. It was a silly buddy cop movie. It had some midnight run flares in it. It was relaxed. And the buddy copness, I kept like relating it to Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, okay. I have a different question, but okay, I like that. I like that comparison a lot. Okay. Yeah, so like when I was watching, I was like, who is Hobbs and who is Shaw? And that's what I kept playing through in my head when I was watching it. I was trying to think like, who are they most like? And I didn't even think Hobbs and Shaw. I was thinking Brian really? Roman, or I was thinking more specifically, I was thinking Rico and Tego. Okay. Okay, I can see Because it just seems, I mean, I guess it is also Hobbs and Shaw. It's like two guys who, like, work together but seem to hate each other. Yes. So the plot of the movie is very simple, is that there is a high-profile hijacker that they want to arrest, and they're going to, you know, there's going to be a key witness that is going to testify him against the court over the course of a weekend, which is Super Bowl Sunday in San Francisco, which we will talk about that later, because I was like, this feels whatever. They need to just keep bad things from happening. Basically, keep people from killing the guy, keep people alive. And so yes. it's kind of like, it's like a two-hour movie, and there's like an hour of chases, and an hour of Alan Arkin and James Caan just like yelling at each other. And like, yep. <laughs> there's almost nothing to not love about it until like the very end, when it comes out like a little, like weirdly transphobic, where I was just like, oh. No, it's very transphobic in the beginning, it's very transphobic in the middle, it's very transphobic at the end. It's just like, it comes out of like, it kind of comes out of nowhere, it's just like, what? Like, I get that it's 50 years old, but it just feels like, oh, like... It's not like a feel-good kind of fun movie like it should be. Like, it's almost it's almost like too mean, but it's not mean in a fun way. It's just like mean in a like, it's oh, it's just like doesn't, like it just kind of feels dated in a way. Yeah, and he's always like super racist against his partner too. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, so we have Alan Arkin, who is I probably maybe best known for being, the first thing I think of, even though I don't love the movie, I think of him in Little Miss Sunshine. The Agreed. Grandpa in Little Miss Sunshine. Same. Oh, he's in yep. Glengarry, Glen Ross, he's in Argo. He's I in love a, that He's movie. been in like a hundred things, you've seen him in a bunch of stuff. James Caan, obviously Sonny from The Godfather, and they're just like this mismatched cop duo. I like this movie. I didn't think it was great. I think that I probably took fewer notes on it than I did on any other thing, just because I was like, I don't really know. Like, like there were great chases, which I want to talk about, but I was just kind of like, not like disappointed by it, but I was just like, oh yeah, that was was fine. Yeah, I think that in the scope of what we've been watching this time, that this was like a very... A very, as you say it, fine movie, right? Yep. Like, it's good. It was fun Saturday watch. Just, yeah, it's just like it could have been more, and it and it wasn't. I don't know. Like, the, the top trivia on IMDb is that Alan Arkin said he only acted in this because he needed a paycheck, but thought the script was, quote, absolute garbage. I don't think the script is that bad. Like, the or dialogue maybe the movie? I don't know. Or maybe the experience? I don't know. But just, like, he did not like being a part of this. Interesting. And again, I feel like we saw this maybe with... Oh, no, I think it was, like, when... I don't remember what movie it was, but, like, it was going to be, like, a Steve McQueen movie, and then it became, like, a Burt Reynolds movie or something. I think it might have been Cannibal Run. I think Yeah, I think it was Cannibal Run, where, like, it was going to be a Steve McQueen movie, and then it became a Burt Reynolds How Nita movie, and it basically went from being, like, this drama to being a comedy. And, like, it became... This movie became, like, an improv sort of comedy 
after Alan Arkin and James Caan got together on set and they kind of like riffed and whatever and it got yeah. better like they just like had this banter they're like oh like we're just gonna like mix it up a little bit it, it almost feels like the movie didn't know what it wanted to be kind of yeah cause like it seems like a comedy but then it takes like very dark turns sometimes to become like a darker comedy and they're kind of mean to each other in a non like playful way at points there's also what i think is supposed to be played for a joke that like alan arkin suspects his wife who is played her name is consuelo not consuelo but consuelo because i was like looking at the movies and like she's been in a bunch of movies that i've heard of but she's best known for being in the mary tyler moore show she played Mm. rhoda she had her own spinoff called rhoda so like she's like this huge prolific tv actor you can look on youtube you can just search mary tyler moore rhoda and there's like entire episodes of mary tyler moore up there alan arkin suspects her of having an affair you know he's doing he's literally giving her the third degree like he's a cop he's like where were you why were you this blah 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 yeah what about this what about this what about this Yeah. yeah and she defends herself across the board and then like it's just like there's no payoff it's just like i'm not having an affair and it's like oh it just feels like all these things happen it's like yeah nothing ever comes of it It it's just like oh if this was maybe 90 minutes and just kind of like sillier almost because there's silly parts here and like the chases are great like if you cut out 25 minutes of just like i don't know what like a lot of different stuff it could be more fun but i don't like i don't know i was also thinking now each of these movies that we watch I don't know that this is one that you put on your bar. Actually, you know what? I was watching this, and I turned to Rachel as I was watching. She came in and sat down to watch some of it with me, and I said, and it was when he had stolen the motorcycle, right? Like, when the, oh, the cops, and he's like, doing, like, wheelies. And, like, James Conn, impressive tricks. Yeah, so he, like, just, like, sees a guy on a motorcycle. He pushes him off, steals the motorcycle, and just, like, pretty much, like, wheelies at people for, like, five to ten minutes. And when I saw that scene, I was like, Rachel, this is the part that cemented this into my dive bar classic car movie playlist. Because it's just, like, it's so nutty. And without sound, I think the movie would be better. I guess, yeah, that would probably, yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. if you were just watching it, like, as, like, a goofy, like kind of like uh the three stooges to play on you know a mad 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 world um version of a buddy cop movie and you had no sound to it you'd be like wow this is really silly and you wouldn't get like some of the seriousness that happens in the film and then the car chases are great so like that's what i was thinking when i watch a lot of these old movies i like writing down the quotes i like the the, the smart the, the jokes the witty banter or whatever and like there weren't a lot here so i do think you're like no watch it without sound is probably better like, yeah there was a couple lines like there's the line toward the end one guy says how can you be a mouthpiece and an asshole at the same time i was like that's a great line like that's a, that's really a funny great line. line yeah but the only that quote that i wrote down was you don't even need it because like so like there's one chase that ends like every one of these chases it's like kind of like a slow speed chase like they're not like especially high speed car chases they're just like slow speed where like the guy just can't get away from them and they're just kind of like close but never really on top of them and they're just crashing through things and into things yeah. and like totaling cars and if there's a thing on the street they're gonna hit it which i think is very yep. funny I, I did like that the realism of them like hitting parked cars and yeah. like sliding into like construction barriers and stuff like that i thought that was a really nice touch like one of the early fast connections i wrote down is that there's a lot of like unintentional tokyo drifting like they're just like not yep. taking corners well like they're trying to drift essentially but like they're all just like only stopping because they hit a wall or a parked car and he says in one part which made me think am i freebie he said i could have made that my porsche mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he hits the wall and he's like but you're in the fucking cop car and i also don't think that freebie has a porsche i think that he's just imagining one because later we go to his like cop locker and he just has pictures of porsches all in his locker and i was like wow 
this is a relatable character for me. Yeah, I think the conversation they were having, and I might have misremembered or misheard or whatever, but I think they were basically, he was trying to, like, get the San Francisco Police Department to, like, get them a Porsche to use. They're like, no, you can have this Ford. They're like, ah, fuck. Like, fine. Like, I feel like whether it's for personal use or professional use, he just, like, wants to be driving a Porsche because, like, he wants to see yes. himself as, like, a movie cop. And he's just not. He's just, like, in a standard-issue Ford. And he's always talking about, like, I only make, like, this much a week and stuff like that. And, like, that's really funny to me, so. I think of the two, you'd rather be Freebie than the Bean, because Bean is kind of just, like, an like he's just an asshole. Like, Freebie is, again, like, there's a scene where, like, he's dating or sleeping with a girl who's just only credited as Freebie's girl, which is cool, good, all right? Yeah. She's this English teacher, and she's, like, chastising him for his grammar, and then she's apologizing, but then, like, he has this whole thing about, like, you know, I'm not, like, I didn't go to school or whatever, but, like, I know the difference between this author and this author, and, like, he at least knows his shortcomings. Like, he's kind of a bumbling idiot a little bit, but, like, he at least is not an asshole. Like, Bean is just, like, a overwrought, like, wound up just, like, jerk, who, like, is just mad at everyone all the time. Whereas really? Freebie's just kind of like so? a dopey kind of guy. I think it's kind of the other way around for me. My whole way of saying that is like, I think if you wanted to be, like, if you were aspiring to be, if you thought you were one of these two you characters, be freebie. I think yeah. you'd rather be Freebie than the Bean. 100%. I get it. So anyway, what fast connection did you find? What did you notice in here? Do you think, I guess, going back to your original question, are they more Hobbs and Shaw or Rico Tego or Brian Roman? Because I watched it with my perception as them being Hobbs and Shaw, I only saw it as Freebie being Shaw and the bean being Hobbs. So, and, like, I was constantly relating them to that. Like, Freebie's more of, like, a debutante. You know, we see the bean fight the guy with his handcuffs off and stuff like that, and I thought that was, like, a lot more Hobbs. That's the only way I can see it. I can, I can kind of get your, like, Roman Bryan situation, but I think it works way better as Hobbs and Shaw. I was just thinking, because, like, in my brain when we're watching one of these, like, buddy cop movies, I'm thinking, I guess I should be thinking Hobbs and Shaw, but I'm always just thinking Bryan first, and I was like, Brian Roman, they kind of have that combative sort of I get it, yep. friend, but also kind of hate each other at times or whatever. But then they wind up in a couple bathrooms in this movie. I was like, Rico and Tego have that whole bathroom scene in five. Like, there's oh, not I didn't even connect that. Unrelated. That's a good point. Yeah. What I was saying before about like the other line that I wrote down is that there's like this one chase that like they're just following this blue car, or this blue van, or whatever they're following. And the best thing I think maybe in any movie this lap, it's just the craziest thing is they and we've seen cars fly off and through and go into ahead. all sorts yep. of things. But they go this. from a highway overpass into a third floor apartment building and just like into a, an old couple's bedroom. And they just like yep. walk out of the car dazed and then Freebie calls the cops and he just says, calls dispatch and just like, could you send a tow truck, please? Hold it. It's a third floor apartment 304. And I was thinking yep. like, cars don't fly. We have the beginning yep. of six. We have the car that gets into, you know, the, the Shaw group that puts into the building we've seen things crash into and off of and through all sorts of stuff this lap but i was like that might be the biggest fast connection is just like how many times we've seen cars flying car and into buildings things. yeah 100 percent. but like that line was great but like you don't even need to hear that line like you can just see the car like the visual of the car through the bedroom window it's just like oh this is great i agree it was perfect and i i, I was thinking a lot of seven with the cars between the buildings mm-hmm. but car going into building I agree. Yeah. What did you think about them playing chicken with the van and the car? 
which is very a la two. You mentioned sure. Brian and Roman. There's also the chicken in seven, where they where they neither you know Dom and Shaw neither of them lose chicken. Oh yeah, right? that's true. We are watching this, and I'm watching it at the beginning, and they dump all the trash into the trunk, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how they like find out about the guy, whatever, whatever. We never see a trunk in. Fast and the Furious. No, but I was actually thinking, I made a note here that, like, Tarantino has that famous trunk shot where you never see actually what's in the trunk, but, like, in Pulp Fiction, in Reservoir Dogs, I think, in, like, in Kill Bill, and a bunch of movies, it's, like, the perspective from the trunk where the trunk opens up and you see the people. And I was like, I wonder if he lifted it, like, from this movie. And then I found on Wiki that Quentin Tarantino said, quote, this is nothing short of a masterpiece. It's absolutely brutal. Part of the way the film worked was for you to laugh at the brutal violence and then feel bad at yourself or feel bad about yourself for laughing so like i guess it shouldn't be a surprise that tarantino loves this movie but it's also like oh okay yeah i did i didn't get a tarantino feel it was this it was the for sure just trunk shot that's that's exclusively it no i can i can get it now because it's like it's very reminiscent of it it was just like that's that's weird that's a connection my brain didn't make yeah i was just thinking about trunks and like the only trunks we ever see are like the ones that have subs in them yeah. like we never see anybody like go into a trunk or put something into a trunk for how much we see it in tarantino movies now that you mentioned it we'd never see it in fast and the furious which is kind of confusing which is also weird because like there's so many ostensibly like you know car porn shots where you're just seeing like hoods open to like show off the engine and show exactly. off the block and whatever and like you would think that there would be something going on in in a trunk or like in the british in the boot but like nope or even them being like you know they they take the bags of money and throw them in the trunk or something like that like we really don't even see that i don't think i don't think so i mean there probably is at some point but like it's not prominent enough to stand out right so yeah, yeah. exactly there's this, there's a thing early on like one of my early notes is that they punch that guy through a screen door which I thought was very funny that they just that's like awesome. punch yeah. through I was just like that's very cool in that regard like they just crash through everything like it's just like you know last episode we had Kevo got the rock he is uh, Hobbs right he is yes. the character quiz at least now for now part of the the write up part of the flavor text for Hobbs that Wes wrote is about how like sometimes it's easier just to crash through things. I was like, these guys are both kind of Hobbs. Like they're both just like, it's just easier to go through this like rack of clothes or this fruit yeah. cart or whatever than to try to steer around it. Cause like, it's just like these cars are all like old metal. Like they're crashing the things like the car barely dense. Like they're, you know, it's just a different time, right? American steel. They just start like busting through shit. So they stop the bootleggers, right? I mean, I guess they're not bootleggers. They're like, what are what were they? They were like... See, they're hijackers. Hijackers. Hijackers is yeah. the word I was mm-hmm. looking for. Which is very Fast and Furious. Uh, very Fast and Furious. Um, the truck flips over, and they have a whole bunch of Cuddy Sark. And what movie were we watching in this lap that had Cuddy Sark in it, too? Do you remember? No, I remember you saying it. I think it was maybe the original Italian job or something that I noticed it in. Wait, was it a movie or was... No, I think it was I think it was the Shrine the of Back to the Future that Wes had in his house. Oh, my God, that's right. Sorry, you So this is a Wes connection. It. It's not a Fast connection, it's a Wes Yeah, this is a Wes connection. the yeah, first Wes connection. Sure. Yep, that's what it was. Yep, you got it. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> It's like, it. I remember Good we job. talked about it, but like, I don't remember why we talked about it. And there we go. Yep, that was it. Okay, so can we? Let, I want to talk about it being Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl weekend in San Francisco. Tell me. Yes. Uh, when we're at the game, there is zero. Like, I can't believe that they used the phrase Super Bowl, but got like no licensing to use anything even remotely NFL related. Like, the, the closest thing we get to any kind of branding is that they have like people with 
flags or pennants that just say Super Bowl on them. Like, they're just like... Mm-hmm. We talk about it now that you can't use the word Super Bowl because it's licensed. So, like, everybody calls it, like, the big game or, like, like Super Sunday or something, you know? The movie ends, the climax of the movie is at, I guess, the 49ers stadium. We don't know it's the... They didn't ever mention the 49ers. They're just in, in San Francisco and they're hosting the Super Bowl. Yes. But they go to the generic football stadium and we see probably hundreds of extras and they're all, like, dressed for work or just, like, dressed to be, yes, like, going to the I know. to do, like to do chores or whatever just like nobody's in jerseys nobody's colored up maybe i th- I, th- I do think that like fandom has changed over the years and i think that, like, i agree getting way dressed up is a different thing but like it was weird to see like absolutely no mind whatsoever paid to like anybody giving a shit they looked even remotely real yeah or like sports related at all yeah. Like, even back then, there was people that were sports-related, you know? like. But I also, like, the bigger issue I have is, like, I don't know that there's any reason for it to be on Super Bowl Sunday. Like, I don't know that nope. it just be, like, It, it plays game. nothing into the story. You're right. Other than there was traffic, and that's why there was so much traffic when they were driving. But you're in L.A. or San Francisco, like... There could have been traffic for any number of reasons besides Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, there's, like, one line, like, if it's this bad on Friday, what's it going to be like on Sunday? And then, like, that's it. It's just like, yep. oh. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I actually had a, it's kind of a fast section, but kind of a question about it. So we have, I, I mentioned the scene before where Freebie's talking to Freebie's girl about literature and books and everything like that. And I was wondering if, like, if Mia had continued her schooling, which is, like, a thread in the first movie that is then immediately dropped, would there have been, like, these strained conversations between Brian and Mia about, like, how she's explaining science to him or whatever? And he's just like, hey, man, I might, I might not be a scientist, but I know the difference between oxygen and hydrogen or what something, you know what I mean? Or, like, some non Like nitrogen joke. and oxygen, yeah. I think we have to assume that Brian is semi-educated, right? Whatever the bare minimum is to be a cop, at least, right? So Yeah, but I mean, he also becomes a detective later, so we have to factor that into his educational status. So I'm assuming he's like a college graduate at least, right? Yeah, I would think so. I, I just, I just, I had to laugh because like, it does not seem like Freebie and Freebie's girl are long for this world. It does not seem like their relationship is going to, is, is built to last. No. Because I think in my head, I was still like, oh, if Freebie is Brian, I guess this is Mia. And like, I could sort of see one no. where like, she's like way more educated or like, you know, he knows about the things he knows about, but that's it. And she's like trying to bring other stuff into the world. And he's just like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I know. Whatever. I can see that. I, I can't imagine her as Mia, though. Oh, God, that was, like, such a weird disconnect in my brain. That actress is probably, like, 28 or 30, but she seems, like, today, like, 50. Like, she's probably like, yeah. way, way younger than she seems, but just, like, it being a 1974 movie and the hair and the clothing and whatever. Agreed, yeah. Times are weird. There are a couple scenes, like, the, I guess that like they're kind of all chases, but there's a couple scenes that I really love. There's the one scene in the bathroom early on where they're trying to clear out the guys in the urinal so that they can, like, shoot the yes. first Hitman. And yes. it's just so funny to watch the guys, like, you know, zip up their flies and leave. And the one guy's like, what? Like, without words, like, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm peeing. Like, I can't just leave. He finally finishes it. He goes to wash his hands and, like, grab him by, like, the scruff of his neck and just, like, throw him out. Like, come on, man. Like, I thought that was all very, very funny. They just shoot the guy and they're like, oh, yeah, we heard that the guy got dusted or whatever. And, like, their boss is like, yeah, we know what you did. Like, yeah, they call it into the cops. Yeah. But I think the be- my favorite scene in the movie, aside from maybe the bedroom crash, was the kitchen fight. What was that? I don't remember if it's Freebie or the Bean. I, I want to say it's maybe Bean, but I don't know. No, but they're in like a kitchen of a restaurant and they're just they're throwing a guy and he's like on every counter he's knocking every food <laughs> off there's like a, a big sauce pot hanging from the ceiling that like drops all the tomato sauce or the pasta sauce or whatever all it's over awesome. him and then he he gets shot and he winds up on the flat top grill and he just like gets burned and then they're like oh, i think he's still alive 
or whatever. Like, this guy, like, they go through a ring. Like, there's a big brawl through a kitchen, and he just gets, like, he takes out, like, all the prep food. Like, probably hours <laughs> worth of work for, like, either the set decorator or, like, in the world of the movie, like, the chefs. And, like, yeah. he's just all obliterated by this fight. You don't remember that? No, no, no. I, w- I mean, like, I was watching it. I- obviously, my mind's not in, like, a super focused place. So, no, I don't remember the kitchen scene at all. It was, oh, it was Bean, because Bean shoots him at the end. Yeah, it was toward the end. It was, like, right before he goes home and, like, grills Consuelo about, like, where she's been. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember just, that. It's yeah. a big, it's a big fight. So I'd say go back and watch. Like, it's like a five-minute scene where it's just, like, it's just needlessly destructive of a kitchen. Like, for comedic effect, which I thought was very funny, but I was just like, whew. Yeah, they're demolishing everything. I don't think I have any other fast sections. I do have one other note... Um, there's also an ambulance in the movie that we wind up in. We spend time in an ambulance, which we did a lot of time in the Cannonball Run, because Burt Reynolds, like, their whole trip across country was in an ambulance. Okay, yeah. The only other real note that I have is that I cannot believe that this movie uses the word douchebag literally. It literally uses the word douchebag, and her using it as a, f- a like a watering, like an irrigation system for it developed her plant. It had holes in them, yeah. It was incredible to me. I really like the back and forth of like the thing, the thing, what is the thing, say the thing, and then he says it in Spanish, and she's like, oh, my douchebag. Earlier in the movie, when Freebie and the Bean are talking, and Bean is like, I think my wife is having an affair, and Freebie's like, oh, just get her a vibrator. Yeah. Bean is like, that's for her face, though. And he's like, what are you talking... No, it's not. And I think it's, like, on the cusp of, like, you know, it's, like, a little bit after the sexual revolution and, like, people... Yep. Especially people like Bean might not know and, like, it's a totally different time and whatever. And so he's kind of, like... And when he's, like well, where's your thing? Where's your thing? Like, he thinks that she had this affair and she brought her yep. douchebag or whatever. And then for her to be like, no, I just, you, it's just hanging above the plant. And it's like, oh, like, that's amazing. Like, I was just like, whoa. So like, innocuous. Is, yeah. Like, little <laughs> did they know it. that, like, 35 or 40 years, like, whenever we started using that, like, as an insult, or I don't even know, like, if it, pff, whatever, but I was just like, wow. Like, I don't think I've ever seen it used in a thing. Literally. Authentically, literally. Yeah. It was, I, was like, yeah. I was like, wow, okay. I, and I really enjoyed it, too. I laughed that Rachel was watching it with me, and I was like, oh my god, look at what she did with it. Like, that's hilarious. The only other notes I have about this that really cracked me up, based on my situation... Did you watch this movie with your dad or no? Long story, but no. That there was a Texas guy that came in and got into a fist fight in the hotel lobby because he had a confirmed reservation for his hotel room, and I was like, wow... How appropriate for right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. And also in the beginning of the movie, there's an Avis moving truck in the beginning of the movie that I was thinking about too. The trivia that I have about this movie, and I feel like it's, again, like I feel like this might be our shortest actual movie discussion just because like not a lot happens. Like the plot is very no, simple. it's fun. Maybe if we had done this earlier in the lap, we would have more to say because I feel like it's just not an afterthought. I don't know, but it just, it's just, it's fine. It's, it's okay. It's good. It's not bad. It's, it's dated and there's a little bit of problematic stuff, but like the chases are cool. They're real and they're fun and mm-hmm. whatever to your point like just maybe watch without sound yeah i think it'd be more fun without sound to be honest so the sfpd car that they use is a 1972 ford custom 500 police interceptor sedan they totaled over a dozen of those while they were filming this so oh. you know all those things big budget okay and a lot of them also appeared in the movie magnum force which is a dirty harry movie so i think that's very nice i think he's also a san francisco police department uh, sfpd yeah. 
Alan Arkin and James Caan both threatened to quit the production because they thought director Richard Rush unwisely prioritized stunts over the relationship between their characters. The director, Richard Rush, said the film contained, quote, four major chase scenes and over 100 car crashes. It feels like maybe four, but it kind of feels just like one long, it's not like, it's not Vanishing Point where it's like one long car chase, but it just feels like it kind of never stops. Like they just kind of put things on pause before they go cause more chaos. Yeah, no, there's there's segments of it, but yeah. it is like one long car chase with like other stuff in between. There was a film from 19... Same year this came out, 1974, there's a film called Busting, or Bustin', which is very similar to this, and I don't know, but like they had to move... They moved the date, the release date of this movie because like they didn't want basically the two of the same movie coming out, so... Maybe we need to watch Bustin'. I looked, um, I meant to I've look never it up. seen it before. Two LA Vice Squad officers find themselves up against their corrupt superiors when they try bringing a crime boss to justice. Yep, seems exactly so far. During the course of their investigation, the two cops disguise themselves as gays and raid a gay bar. Well, maybe Ugh. we're not going to cover it. Yeah. Elliot Gould and Robert Blake. Okay. Big names, but oof. Okay. Uh, is it a comedy? Drama, crime, action. I don't know. There was a TV series based on Freebie and the Bean in 1980. It had nine what episodes starred Tom Mason and Hector Elizondo. Was it called Freebie and the Bean? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. And the only other trivia that I had is that apparently, according to Rolling Stone... Rolling Stone said that Stanley Kubrick called this the best film of 1974, which is like, wow, okay. But like, I like that they, like the IMDb trivia was not like Stanley Kubrick said, it's just like Rolling Stone said that Stanley Kubrick <laughs> said, because like, I think even whoever wrote was just like, eh, this, this feels not true. Yeah, let's Considering let's in 1974, this. The Godfather Part Two, Chinatown, The Conversation, Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, Phantom of the Paradise, like, all these movies came out. Like, again, like, not, like, a huge deep bench, but, like, a lot of those movies are very, very clearly better than Freebie Free and Bean. the Bean. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Any other thoughts before we watch the trailer and play the Letterbox game? I liked it. I think that the car chases were some of the best we've seen. I think the, I think the realism adds to that, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think, like, the best, the best in any spectrum, but I think that they're great. All right, well, I put the trailer for this in Discord. It's, again, once again, from our favorite movie clips, classic trailers, Freebie and the Bean, 1974 official trailer. It is three minutes and ten seconds long. I think I am good to go whenever you are. Give me a countdown. All right. Three, two, one, play. Warner Brothers Communications Company presents... Oh, he's choking choking him in the car. Oh, that's, yeah, that's what leads them. So it's just in the trailer. Okay car through the building in the trailer i was wondering like i think it's just for comedic effect there but like their bedroom is in like where they like you walk into that old couple's house into their bedroom which is like yeah it's a studio yeah he goes in the ladies room oh and that's the that's the like the final scene in the movie yeah the yeah, trailers are so weird back then. Like, there's no narration. You don't really know what you're watching, right? Oh, just, we didn't like... talk about this guy on top of the crane. The, oh, you're like, with his girlfriend that, picker. like, that Freebie yeah. basically threatens to rape, kind of? Like, or insinuates he's going to rape? Like, again, yeah. real Ugh, uncomfortable. so weird. I like Consuelo a lot. Uh, she was great. She's great. She's my. She's maybe the best part of the movie. You're not fit to guard the fish at the aquarium? I like about them lying about the charges that they have against this guy. Airtight case. And then we find out that like the thing that they found in the garbage was planted there anyway, and like the result of like an extramarital affair between 
like the guy's wife and like a police lieutenant or something like yeah it kind of becomes like needlessly complicated at the end for kind of no reason yeah or maybe regularly does. complicated in a movie that's otherwise not at all complicated and i just got confused Fair. i don't know yep you know let's just show this entire there's the punch through the screen door let's just show this entire one minute scene in the trailer why not like this scene is just it yeah keeps going yeah they're stuck here there's a contract out on stuff from Detroit professionals, so we got think we have a major problem. Huh? It's a huge problem. The, yeah, them just rambling. I guess it's just, like, understanding, like, what the movie's about, but, like, but showing is this making cops? you want to watch the movie? I don't know that it is. Not at all. I don't think so. We're still here. We're still here. Still, we're still here. Okay, a little bit of fighting when he fights the guy that outside. That was funny. Yeah, the Cadillac salesman from Florida or whatever. Uh, I like his reactions. Oh, Cadillac salesman from Detroit. Oh, oh the they're dentist playing scene, happy music. I don't understand the dentist scene at all. Same. There's, There's your, your kitchen, kitchen scene. I saw yep. it, yeah. The dominoes falling down was fun. Wow. There's one Crowbar, kitchen. There's the yeah. soft that falls on him and then them driving through the rack of clothes. Yep. I like the cars over cars. That's a good move, too. Like, you know, I know that people sometimes, like, I know Nick especially likes to watch along, and I don't know that he's going to listen to this before he watches this, but, like, if you were here at this point in the podcast and you're not sure if you want to watch or not, just watch the trailer, and you see most of the cool yep. stuff, and, like, that's yep. it. Yeah, and you could, like, listen to us, and then that would have been it. We'd have wrapped it all up for you. Not a great trailer. Actually, probably, not the a... worst, probably the worst trailer that we've watched since we came back and started doing this game again. I agree. The final game to play is the Letterbox game. Joe, for reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road, the most popular, or one of the most popular films in Letterbox, has been seen by 592,000 people. Freebie and the Bean, 1974, directed by Richard Rush, starring Alan Arkin, James Caan, Loretta Swit, and Jack Crucian has been seen by how many people? 6,700. Lower. Oh, 4,000? Lower. 2,000. 2,025. Wow. I was even going low from the jump. Wow. And four of those people are people that I follow on Letterboxd, and two of them are Draft House employees. It's just like, this feels like a very, you know... Yes, it's it's a certain Niche movie. Exactly. Niche movie, yeah. Average rating, though, 3.5. Most common rating of 4, then a 3.5, then a 3. How many of those 2025 people have it in their top 4? And it is a number bigger than 0. Uh, 6. 7. Oh, I was close. Okay. You were close. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to Schizopolis 23 on Letterboxd. Okay. I'm going to find Schizopolis 23 lives in the USA at Schizopolis on Twitter. He says his Twitter bio is, I heart humanity but hate people. Yeah, fair. Same. So Schizopolis 23 says, I heard this is the first buddy cop action comedy ever made. Wow, it's awesome. If you love 48 Hours, shout out Eddie Murphy, then this is a okay. must watch. Pineapple Express owes a lot to this movie. What? Oh, wow. What? Okay. And he gave it five stars, and that goes on for a while. And this hilarious, politically incorrect buddy cop action comedy is actually a commentary on marriage. Ironically, the bullish and most bigoted character in the movie, Freebie, what? Is the only one smart enough to resist being in a committed relationship. What an ending. Whoa. I love this movie. I can put it on, sit back, and enjoy it multiple times per year. 
five stars. Who hurt you, Skidopolis? Jeez. I looked at all seven people who had in their top four, and this is the easiest of the bunch. I don't okay. know. I don't know that you can get any of these. I think you probably can. Okay. Um, number three is Freebie and the Bean. Number one is a car movie that we have not covered, part of a franchise, and okay. part of a franchise that is very close. It's not a Fast and Furious movie, but it's a it's a franchise that, in a way, is very close to this podcast. Which is a very, it's not a great hint. It make, it's a good hint that's going to lead you down the wrong path, I think. Is it a triple X movie? No. I wouldn't call it a car movie. Car movie that's related to this podcast. Is it like Re- Again, a related franchise. to the podcast, but not related to this franchise, if that makes sense. It's, it's more too is fast to Mission Impossible? than Fast and Furious. No. Is it a Mission Impossible movie? Mm-mm. Gone in 60 Seconds? No. Give me another hint. It's the second of four. There were three movies that came out like in the 80s or around then, and then one that came out just a couple years ago. Dukes of Hazard. No. And the one that came out a couple years ago is the reason why this franchise is close to this podcast. I don't know. What is it? Tell me. Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Oh, god damn it. Okay. Well, that was really hard for you to try to get me to guess without being like... And that's the easy one. Okay. Woof. His second movie, Skitopolis' second movie... So his bio is, B-movies and exploitation movies are the cheap and authentic street food of film. Watch more of them. Which, yeah, I agree. I, I agree. With that. Yeah, I get that. His number two movie is the original version of a movie that was remade. I don't think the remake was good. I didn't see either of them. But it's a sports movie that's, again, probably kind of, I think, explicitly probably politically incorrect. From, like, the early 70s, I want to say? Or when when is this from? 76. And then it was remade when? 2005. And the remake starred Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, like... Oh, wait, maybe it's not a a football movie. It's a baseball movie. I always thought it was a football movie. It's a baseball movie. Bad News Bears? Mm Mm-hmm. Got that one. Good. Good job. And this, this fourth one is not at all related to these first three. Um, I don't know that I can get you to guess it. It came out like five years ago. It's a movie that I love. Okay. A sequel was made. The sequel was good, not great. This first movie is great. I'll just tell you who stars in it because I don't know how else to get you to guess it. It stars Emily Blunt, Benicio Del Toro, and Josh Brolin. No idea. What is it? Sicario? Do you know Sicario? Oh, I did. I think I watched it with Zach one night. Like, we Sicario watched rules. Sicario was great. I didn't love it, but it was fun. Yeah. Although our past guest, Garrett Smith, did not like it. He only gave it three stars, but I love it. Ooh. So anyway. Yeah. Mad Max 2, The Bad News Bears, Freebie and the Bean, and Sicario. And that was the easiest of the seven. I was like, oh boy. Yeah. Wolf. You got one. You got one of you. I didn't think you were, if if I had to guess that you were going to get one of them, I would have guessed Mad Max. I think that Sicario was always going to be the longest shot, but yeah. Bears. I guess just because like the Chicago Bears, I always thought it was a football movie, but yeah, no, it's a it's a baseball movie. All right, so Joe, next week our next episodes Tuesday is your favorite time of the year, time of the lap. We are having I'm another because so we had a bonus one. And we had it. We had it re air. We had a bonus of the bonus, but now this is our regularly scheduled. You are my lifespan, chapter six, with a very special guest. Yes. And then next Friday, we've announced already on the relap recap. But as a reminder, we're doing the Steve McQueen movie, The Getaway, next Friday. Oh, I'm so excited. The 17th, which is 1972, another 70s car movie. Very much looking forward to that. And then the Tuesday after that, we're going to start the next lap. We're going to talk about the Fast and the Furious with Nico and Kevin. So getting there, getting there, we're very, very close. Any other thoughts about Freebie and the Bean or anything before we watch it without sound? Movies with yeah. the sound off. Shout out Mac Miller. There you go. Like I don't, you know, like yakety sax, like the da 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 da. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yakety sax. Like, that that would back. almost like work for this entire movie, but like you know, like there's the whole like Dark Side of the Moon and the Wizard of Oz. Like I wonder if there's yes, like a, Dark Side of the Rainbow. Yeah. I wonder if there's like a 
uh, a soundtrack or like a, a, an album or an LP or something. Or it's like carnival music. Yeah. That like you Justin, could, like, if you have an idea, this. what 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 carnival music LP would you play against this movie? I wonder. Like that would be actually a very kind of cool idea for a band is to take like old old movies, like in our case, car yeah. movies, classic movies, whatever, that are problematic and like have dialogue that are like ooh, like either movies that aren't great or like no, actually no. Let me take that back. Not movies that aren't great. I want to do movies that people love, but they're just like, ooh, there's stuff in here that I, I don't want to hear. Like this movie. Like, basically this movie. Yep. Write entire scores that just play over it. Like, I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Like, I've fun. talked about how, like, I've seen that surf punk band, the surf, mm-hmm. surf band, play over Point Break. The Great White Caps did Point Break Live, and I think that's great. Do it over Freebie and the Beam. Like, I don't, again, I, it's weird to say, like, don't watch it with sound, but, like, don't watch Maybe it with don't. sound. Yeah, exactly. Well, for all things Too Fast Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever, or at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Reminder to go vote, go vote, go vote at cageclub.me slash bracket. And also check out our Patreon page at Too Fast Too Forever.com in just like two weeks. Two weeks? Yep. Yeah, two weeks. Find yep. out, or a week and a half actually, find out what our next three lap themes are going to be. So the dozen or so the 13 people over there who have supported us on patreon thank you all again very much you're all going to know thank you have you. so much power you have so much power if you want to know too too fast too forever.com i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe too and we'll see you next time right here on too fast too forever peace out peace out you anus anus peacers, peacers.